0: This is Danielle Freitag with Jenna DeYoung, Real Talk podcast, encouraging faith and inspiring restoration, sharing tips, tools, and talk. We're exploring a biblical worldview that empowers and prompts faith in action. Episode six, and uh, Danielle here, and I'm here with Jenna. Hello and- guys!
1: Yeah, hey.
0: <laughs> and we have we have a special guest on who is uh, just dear dear friend to both Jenna and I. Um, actually, Jenna, do you want to introduce our guest?
2: I would love to. Yeah. Um, I met Erin many many years ago uh, through a mutual friend um, through business, and she. Has been such a really good friend to me. Um, and I just love you, Erin. I actually I yesterday you. was reading some... Um, different things on a healthy friend, a healthy friendship. And I was like, Erin is such a good, healthy friend and you too, Danielle. But I don't know, the Lord just brought you to mind. So I just want to tell you that I appreciate you and I love you so much. And we're so excited to have you on here today. Erin is a mother. Um, She homeschools her children um, and married to her husband, Ryan. And we're so excited to have you on today
1: and hear your heart. Yeah. No, I'm all emotional already. This is uh,
0: <laughs> I know. and I echo everything, everything that Jenna said as well. I'm so grateful for you. And I was trying to think back to, you know, the the first couple times that I met you, Erin. And I know it was in in um a small town, you know, southern Minnesota, through our prayer mama. I mean, she's yes. like prayer mama to all of us. So listeners, you probably heard us talk about Ruthie before. Um, she's yeah, just a prayer warrior and a, a prayer mama to all of us. And that's how yeah. Aaron, Aaron and I met through Ruth. So um, Aaron is also a new author. And that's, you know, I mean, even if it, even if it wasn't <laughs> for the book, like we just want to hang out with you and oh. meet with you and talk to you, and that's what this is really all about. But, you know. God definitely drew you to write an incredible novel and listeners, we, we want to, we want to just give you a moment to just hear about, um, just Aaron's heart behind why writing the book Ami. Now, I just before before asking you a couple questions, Aaron, um, listeners, I just want to share uh, this is actually from from Ami. Um, but Aaron grew up in rural Iowa, uh, married to Ryan in 2008 and worked in youth and, and worship ministry for a number of years. She wrote this novel, Ami, for her first book over the course of 12 years. Uh, during that time, she undertook a variety of adventures and educational pursuits among them, recording a worship album, moving to California and interning at a language Institute where she thoroughly enjoyed teaching and making friends from many nations. And you guys, she's got a really cool story about that. Um, but Erin and Ryan have four children and now reside in Texas. So they just moved yes. from Minnesota to Texas. Um, so so many things. Um, but Erin, I just I wanna, I wanna kick it off and just ask you, you know, um, why why write a me? Maybe share just a little bit about yourself, but but why a me? Why did you what inspired you to write this book? Why a me?
1: Yeah, so I feel like you guys already said everything there is to know about me. I feel like worshiper is like the primary thing of my life. And then a wife and a mom to four. So um twelve years ago, I had just married Ryan. I was substituting at a public school, and it was a time where there was i don't know just a lot of my heart for these kids and um oh I bumped my sorry um <laughs> my okay, so we i don't know, I just was praying for these these kids one day, and there was a lot of especially literature at the time that was really drawing people into the spiritual world, but not towards god and um I was praying and I was like, Lord, I just wish that I could, you know, public school setting. I really couldn't tell them that it's you that they're searching for. Like there, there is a love that lasts forever and it's you. And none of this other stuff is going to satisfy them. And, um, I felt like God whispered in my spirit, like, then just tell him. And I just knew, you guys know, know when he whispers and you know what he's saying without him having to say, it. I just knew that I was going to write. And, um, I guess obedience to me in those moments of like the, an adventurous beginning is really exciting to me, which is why I've moved all over the country every time oh, God gives me a dream. But, um, I was like, okay. But then I was like, Oh my gosh, I don't know how to write. Um, I didn't go to college. I don't know this stuff. And so, but God just taught me. And I think that's what's so special about the journey and maybe why it took so long, but especially what he was doing in the earth. Twelve years ago, human trafficking wasn't a big deal. Sexual exploitation was wasn't really understood like it is now. And so, um, I just, I just started to obey. And every time I hit a roadblock, he would he would solve it. He would either encounter me. I had some incredible encounters in the secret place with him that changed my life and, and my perspective on his love so I could write it. Um, and then also people and those (laughs) Ruth, like our prayer mama, Ruth, every time that there was something I would share it with Ruth. She was like the only one besides my husband who knew I was writing at the time. And she would have a connection for me. And so it's people, it was like alone time with the Lord and the people that he connected me to that are the reason that I got to write it. And it's so special to me that that's the way that he, he made it happen. I don't really feel like in anything and in, in leading worship and writing that it's like my qualifications that are why he put me in that position. I feel like it's dependence on him. <laughs> so, yeah, so good. Yeah
0: can you can you tell us the the basis of Ami? What's just just a if you were to just capture like what what's the story about?
1: Yeah. So Ami is a redemption story about a woman who um, gets groomed into the sex industry and gets caught up in all of that. And then it's her redemption story. It's her, her walk of healing out of that. Um, But even I feel like on a human level, the scripture that, that inspired me was Ezekiel 16 It's where God says he's prophesying to Israel on the day you were born. Nobody cared for you. They left you in a field, bloody and naked. You were despised. I came by and I saw you and I cleaned you up. And then he goes through this process of saying, and when you were old enough for love, I came and I covered you and I made you mine and I made an oath to you. And he talks about covenant love. And then in the prophecy, Israel prop, prostitutes herself with the the gifts that God gave her. And then he says, but on the day that I, I renew my covenant with you, you'll, you'll be speechless. He talks about this unconditional love. So I felt like anybody can relate to the need for that. And so, yeah, I mean, target audience, certainly people who have experienced sexual exploitation or abuse, um, but even more so, I feel like every person can can relate to sinning and walking away from god and the need for satisfaction when you're tasting of all the things the world has to offer and it leaves you broken and empty you know
0: yeah i just have to i just have to comment and then i'm just going to i know jenna's got a couple things like just hearing the scripture brings tears to my eyes like it's just such a beautiful redemption story and and yeah. listeners i just want to share you know as a as, as somebody who has been in involved in some way in this movement or even in the injustice of it, um, you know, since 18 years old, like I had the opportunity to read this book that Aaron wrote on me. And what I love about it is it's real. Like there's, there's a realistic aspect that is not sensationalized. Um, so, so as you're reading it, you're reading the story of this woman who, um, is, is groomed into brought into the commercial sex industry. Um, but then how she goes through just the, the ups and downs of all of it. And then coming basically to the end of herself. And, um, just, I I don't want to give away how this happens because it's so, it's so beautiful, but it, it, it brings a hope. And I love that it's not sensationalized and, um, you know, thank you for, for allowing the opportunity to write the forward, you know, yes. that, that was such a, a, such a blessing. And, um, you know, and I can honestly say like, what, what, what an honor, but to be able to read something that isn't sensationalized, um, from somebody, you know, who, I mean, I know that like the Lord gave you visions. He gave you yeah. the words he gave you, Holy spirit gave you what you needed to write this book. um and it was just it's just so well done. So, um yeah, th- you know, thank you for writing this incredible book, Aaron. It's it's so good and and for listeners, I hope that you guys um you know, we'll talk about where to get the book um at the end, but but let's just talk a little bit more about the scriptures and the stories. Um Jenna, do you have I know you've got something. <laughs>
2: yeah, I was just um well first I was crying and then I started laughing because as you were just speaking and And just talking about the scripture that inspired that book, I could just like see all of the emotion in all of our eyes, because it's truly what I feel like is it's, it's the father's heart, right? Mm -hmm. You connected with the heart of the father who chases after the one who chases after, you know, um, the brokenhearted and restores them back to him. And isn't that everyone's story? Like, is it like, even, even though this is a book about, you know exploitation but it's a book that anyone and everyone can really resonate with because we all have those um times in our life where we we strayed from the father where we we went and we tried to do life on our own and just like you said we were we were empty and and nothing was fulfilling the desire in our heart that can only be fulfilled by Jesus Christ right yeah and so I just love that and when you were talking I just I heard this is what I heard as I heard like you, got intimate with Jesus and he led you down this path to write this book. And I just think that that is so incredible and amazing. And I just feel like that's just something that for listeners listening, like, like you, like we can all do that. Like we can all um, become intimate with Jesus. We can all commune and have relationship and fellowship with Jesus. And when we do that, he, breathes life and destiny into us and he whispers to us like come follow me come and do this come write this book come you know travel to the nations come you know and he he just he whispers our destiny to us and so when you were speaking that I I just I felt that and I saw that and so I don't know if you have any response to that
1: or (sighs) Uh, yeah (laughs) I think you know, what God's really been showing me is transformation doesn't take place by striving. And whether that like, outside of my book, just in my own personal life, even, um, transformation is in the secret place. Like when we've talked about this, like Amen. Par- rage and parenting or whatever it is that a person struggles with, Be- behavior modification isn't the goal, but when a behavior or a sin needs to yeah. go, it's only going to happen in beholding him like worship is so powerful it's like not just about an emotional experience it's about like laying yourself on the altar right like and i just think i've been going through this transformation in worship of um and it's because of the amazing church body i'm a part of but i'm not coming to the lord to get something from him i'm coming yeah to to give him myself and um it's transformed my life because i'm watching as i'm in that place all the like I can't talk about it without crying anymore it's like this coming back to the first love but on a deeper level because it's not about me but in the meantime he completely transforms me so I feel like what's been on my heart is transformation only happens in his presence and in inviting community into your life, safe people like Ruth and like you guys for me. When you invite safe people to see like strip down the mask and to see your brokenness and your struggle and allow them to encourage you in the Lord, in the spirit, it it's those two things that God designed to transform a person. So I feel like on my best days, when I am like communing with him in my heart, even on all the tasks, if I don't have tons of time to get alone with him when i'm trying to like invite him into all those moments and then when i do get time to just rest in his love and then i'm in conversation usually on marco polo with you guys those are like my best days and um i just was looking at scripture as i prepared for this and like all this like second corinthians 13 8 it's like um Aim for perfection is what one, one says, or aim for restoration, live in peace with one another and the God of love and peace will be with you. And when you break down these words, it's like the aim for restoration is like um, deal with all the junk between your relationships. So you can live in peace with one another. And that peace, the Greek is, it's like Aaron It's like an active imperative verb. That's like an active approach to living in peace And then it says the God of Irene, which is what Miami means in in Greek, the God of Irene will be with you. And it's, Irene is like more than just peace in the way we think of like, just not arguments. Because in that scripture, it says like, whatever's between you, work it out. There's going to be disagreements, but it's this, this unity and this peace and Irene, when Jesus prayed in John 17, that we would be one as he and the father are one, him and us and us together. It was Irene. It's this picture of. The oneness that the Trinity had before his breath created light, before he created the earth. It's this arraigning. And it was Jesus' final prayer for people to live in that oneness with him and with each other. And I think that there's something so profoundly powerful about what God's doing in the bride of Christ right now. He's like pulling out the tears, you know, the tears in the wheat grow up together. He's he's causing this this like sifting and he's bringing bringing us into oneness and i think it's because jesus is coming back for a bride that's one and then he himself is going to fulfill his own prayer of a reigning oneness between the trinity and us so i don't that's that's like that is transformation right being one with him and being one with each other and i feel like that's where this is all heading
2: Wow. That is so good. And I just want to take a minute to highlight something that you said, because actually yesterday as Danielle and I were traveling, you know, to a church and we were traveling separately, but like, I had this moment with Jesus where like in my heart, I said, like, father, I just, or Jesus, like, I just want to be with you. I don't want to want anything. I don't want to need anything. I just want to be with you. And I'm sorry. And I like I, I like started tearing up. I remember, and I was like, oh, I can't mess up my makeup. We have to speak. But I just, it was like this place of just like, instead of always just coming to Jesus, needing something, which, which we can, right but just like to be a friend to Jesus, you know, like, I just think like we talked about friendship earlier and how you're such an incredible friend is that like, when you meet with a friend, it's not like you don't have these demands on the relationship. It's not like you're always needing something or wanting something, but you just want to be with that person. And in the goodness of Jesus, like when he does that, he like transforms our hearts, like, you know, Um, but it's really about the posture of our heart. And so just coming, um, to Jesus and coming into that relationship of just like I just want to be with you. And um there's this song that I sent you and I want to just read this is a song by Brian and Katie Torwalt but there's these lyrics that say help me be like Mary laid down pouring out I won't miss you in a crowd cuz I n- love your voice and I know the sound. Um Jesus if it's you on the water in the cloud I'll be the first one to walk out cuz I love your voice and I know your sound. And I just you know, in the secret places with God, that's where you learn to hear the voice of God, right? And so just just this desire, you know, like growing in the bride of Christ, you know, um, as the day draws nearer for when he returns, of just, I want to know your voice. I want to know the sound of your voice. Like Jesus always came different, you know, than what they what what they thought. Uh Jesus always came and he was just like he, he was, he was like a wrecking ball, like demolishing all of these things that we had built up and thought, you know, we're real or whatever. And so I just think that that's something on the father's heart.
0: Yeah. So good. As you were just saying that I was drawn to look at Hosea um, and uh, verse 17 in chapter two, right. There's a difference between a husband and a master. There's a difference between a husband and a master and what God is doing And this is what the scripture says, right? Right. In 16, in that day declares, Lord, you will call me my husband. You will no longer call me my master. There's a, there's a difference in perspective when we truly come to know the father's love, like he continually pursues us no matter what, no matter, you know, listeners, no matter what you've gone through, no matter what you've walked through, like God loves you and he is pursuing you and that is such the heartbeat of this book ami because she walks down and chases after all these other lovers all these other things and again how many of us have done that we've all done that in some way shape or form um that's why i believe this book is so is so relevant um for someone reading is that they can connect with the father's heart no longer master no longer a harsh taskmaster or or even any uh incorrect view of God, but instead husband, a husband loves a husband, protects a husband. And that, and and I love this conversation we're having about like not going to God to get something, but going to God because he's the safe place. He's the friend, he's the husband, he's the, 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 the everything, everything. Okay. And so I'm going to read this because it is so much of Ami, and it's so much of what we're speaking of. Right. Um, is that in Hosea, you know, chapter, um, I believe it's chapter two, but verse 14, therefore I'm going to allure her. I will lead her into the wilderness or the secret secret place. So God alluring into the secret place there. I will speak to her. And that that's just like this morning I was reading this and I just was like, I started singing like, it, you know, in the secret place, you're speaking to me. Cause it is, it's in those very quiet moments alone with God, um, you know, to, to hear his voice, to be with him. Um, but the verse goes on to say there, I will give her back her vineyards and will make the Valley of a core, which is trouble, um, a door of hope. There, she will respond as in the days of her youth, as in the day she came up out of Egypt or came up out of slavery, came up out of oppression, came up out of addiction, came up out of exploitation. In that day, declares the Lord, you will call me my husband, no longer master. And I will remove the names of the veils from her lips. I will remove the names of the other lovers. I will remove the names of the other lovers no longer where their will their names be invoked i just oh my goodness i just
1: love this so much it's so powerful it's it's what he does to all of us right he's prophesying to israel but it's what he does for humanity and it's in Hosea where I got Ami's name. Ami is Hebrew for my people, right? So like God's correcting Israel in the beginning of Hosea saying, I'll call her Lo Ami, not my people, Lo Ruama, not my loved one. But then he calls this prophet to marry a prostitute and show her unconditional love. And at the end, he says, and I'll call you Ami, my people. I'll call your children Ami, my people. I'll call them Ruama, my loved ones. And so I just felt so inspired by that to name her Ami as a, like a prophetic symbol of this is for all the people that God created. It's his heart for humanity to come to his love, to come to his mercy, to be wooed by him. It's like he is the groom. It is when Jesus comes back, it's a groom coming for his bride. It's like a fierce, jealous love. I'll remove the names of, of the bales from your lips, you know? Um.
2: That's so good. I just was reading a little bit down further in Hosea three, and it says, then the Lord said to me, go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel who look to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. And so I just am thinking about that, that number one, like we receive that, right? Like we receive that God loved us, that God loved me when I was out loving other things. And and so there's a receiving, but then there's also like an imitating of Christ of like, God, help me give Help me receive those eyes to see other people that way. People who are lost, people who, who have idols in their life that have many lovers. God help me see them the way that you see them and love them in that way. So there's like a receiving and then like an imitation of Christ. I feel like when I read that. So
3: good.
0: Yeah. So, so good. Erin, is there anything else that you would like to share with listeners what do what do you want them to know about the book and then where can they where can they find the book
1: um well i mean they can find it on authoraerenviller.com and yeah i mean it's all of this it's i don't want to give any spoilers you know? but it's this, it's this like story of humanity. If you love fiction, if you love like encountering the Lord in that way, I am a big lover of that. And so that's why I wrote it, but, um,
0: okay. I don't know. Okay. So I'm just going to read a little snapshot here and, you know, before we close, but Ami is a young woman striving for a life of independence in Los Angeles Far away from the troubled childhood she left behind. Loneliness fades as she develops a friendship with Joel, a kind architect whom she meets over lunch. When Nathan, a striking club owner, enters her life, Ami is swept into an entirely different world where passions reign and boundaries are blurred. Will her choices lead her into freedom, the freedom that she craves, or a bondage beyond imagination? So I just love this that this redemption story will keep you turning the pages as Ami battles to find herself amidst complicated relationships and internal struggles with self worth and hopelessness. I, this this book, you know, I, I mean it's it'd be so appropriate for um, as well uh, uh, teens for girls. I mean you think about so much of the stuff that's out there like this is this is a redemption and a hope story. And, you know, no matter your age, you know, listeners, this is, um, just a book that we're really encouraging and Aaron, we're so grateful for you to take the time and come on, Um, uh, before we close, how about this? We each share, cause we've got what, I don't know, a little bit of time here. We each share, cause I think listeners would like this, um, a story. Okay. Brief, like two, two, three minutes of a story with, with Aaron, or maybe even just all of us, something that comes to mind, like, uh, knowing each other a moment with each other. Um,
2: Okay, who can I, Jenna, I'm going to put you on the spot. Okay. My most fondest memory was actually a most recent memory of, um, when Aaron and I were talking back and forth on Marco Polo, we were just like talking about Jesus and we're literally just crying, Marco Polo each other back and forth talking about Jesus. And I just was like, this is so good. Um, but yeah, we have lots of, so many good memories, um, traveling together, going places together, um yeah lots of different things
0: okay my 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 one that i have to share um i'll never forget aaron like she's actually she's actually the first person that i shared a bit of my story with because ruth had connected us you know ruth was like ruth knew that aaron right that you were that you were writing and and you had that you were having dreams and ruth was like you you know need to need to meet Danielle. So, so we met and I, I just remember feeling like a safety of being able to share parts of my story. And I remember you asking me about like the strip club, you know, like, what was it like, what was it like? And so I'm like explaining to you, like, there's the third floor VIP, there's the second floor bad dance. There's the first floor couch. I mean, just the reality of what the, of what the sex industry was like. Um, and then, but then be able to read some of that, you know, in your, in your book was, was, a, was really neat. Um, just the, the reality of, of what the industry is like. So, so my memories, I mean, there's, there's that one and there's so many more, but just being able to be, um, open and honest without like judgment. And I get that from you, Jenna, as well. Like both of you, I just, I value your friendship so much. I'm so grateful for both of you. Um, Aaron, do you want to share a story or should we wrap it up?
1: Okay, go ahead. Um, yes, I share, I'm just going to like, If you guys are okay with it, I'm gonna scoot because the space I'm using has the next person.
0: This is real talk, real life. All right, (laughs) we're we're gonna gonna travel with Erin as she's leaving. Travel with me to my car. All good. It's all good. Let's hear. Let's hear your story.
1: Okay, so um, Danielle, yeah, the um, first time that we met, I had shared with Ruth that as I was having these encounters with the Lord and imagining for my book I was writing and I'd say that I was a relatively like naive 19 year old and I had my stuff, but I was imagining this like really, um, like PG story as I began and what God was giving me was right. Like (laughs) abusive or traumatic. And I was like, what is wrong with my imagination? So I was sharing with Ruth, something's wrong with my imagination. I feel like I can't do this. And she didn't really answer. And this is something Ruth does. She didn't really answer. And she invited me over for supper. And, um, when I got to supper, Corey and Danielle were there, you guys had like just gotten married, I think. Yeah. And, um, I, I knew, I think I knew of who you are because we had Friday night prayer meetings and Corey went from showing up alone in like Hawaiian shirts to showing up looking like super nice. And then you <laughs> started coming with them. So I, I watched a transformation in front of my eyes. <laughs> but um
0: anyway, those shirts had to go.
1: They had to they had go. To go. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I was like, "Who is this girl?" But anyway, Ruth Ruth had me. We were like chopping vegetables, and she was like, "Erin, why don't you share with Danielle what what's going on with your your book?" And I felt like, "How am I supposed to tell this perfect stranger that something's wrong with my imagination?" But anyway, I trusted Ruth, so I uh, I shared with you, and you you listened, and then you said, "I feel like you just told me my life," and and that's when something clicked in my mind that God was actually speaking to me and showing me something that is happening. And then you did, you started to share, we started to just get together and pray and worship together. Yeah. It was so sweet. And, and you shared with me. And then over the course of those 12 years, you read my book a few times and really helped me cut out overly yeah. traumatic things. You helped me cut out sensationalism. So I'm really grateful to you. Um, mm-hmm. And then Jenna, we met, I was leading worship in Okaboji, Iowa um, for our friends, Mark and Eliza. And Jenna started coming with Mike. You guys had been dating, you're engaged, I think. Anyway, I just remember seeing this super beautiful girl walk in and I was like, our friend Eliza was like, "Um, we should... We should, be friend Jenna. we should be friends with her. And I was like, I don't know how to walk up to a beautiful girl and ask her to be my friend. And Eliza's like, you do it all the time. But that's exactly so. <laughs> what you
2: did. I remember
1: you just coming up to me and hugging
2: me. And I was like, totally not a hugger. And so I was like, what's happening? These people are really nice. And so you were part of like tearing that down. You know, I felt oh, like I was amazing. close to being like unlovable. <laughs> but you guys just like loved me so good
0: I still remember trying to hug Jenna one time too and and she was like whoa
1: (laughs) yeah I just forced her right in (laughs) right in (laughs)
2: that's funny
1: (laughs) yeah so and I don't know I feel like we just kicked off a friendship we you know business stuff started to do that with you um I went to a women's event with you, like shortly after we met and Eliza and Jenna and I all shared one bed. So that broke the ice pretty quick. Um, <laughs> and yeah, we became good friends. I nannied her kids. It was, it was such an incredible, like season, sweet season of life. So,
0: so good. I have to share, yeah. you know, in closing listeners, you know, there's, there's such a beauty in sisterhood and it is possible, you know, if you're listening and you're like, I, I, really want close friends. Like I want sisters who love the Lord, who encourage me in the things of the Lord. My prayer for you is that, that God would answer the cry, you know, of your heart, ask him. I will never forget asking the Lord for good friends. Ooh. I asked God for, you know, for sober. Um, cause I, you know, that was a, a value in my life and I needed to be, to spend time with people who weren't doing other things or valuing other things. Right. And and God answered that prayer. And so I just pray that for listeners, you know, there is such a thing as, as sisterhood and you know what, you still work stuff out. Like the beginning, we were just talking about unity. Like sometimes stuff needs to get worked out and that takes um, Holy Spirit led communication. Uh, But I just pray that there be a, uh, just a unity in the body of Christ and just an honoring in the body of Christ. And when things need to be worked out for communication in the body of Christ in an honoring way. And so we just um, thank you for tuning in. Aaron. thank you so much for being on with us. Thanks for
3: having me.